Welcome to Sound Leadership with DJ, the podcast that explores all things leadership. If you're interested in learning from the best and the brightest minds in the world of leadership, you've come to the right place. Today's guest, Danielle Jackson. She's the CEO of Prime Mail Support. She's led her business to success for three years. Danielle has a wealth of experience in leadership, entrepreneurship, and beating the odds. Join us as we dive into Danielle's journey and explore what it takes to be a successful leader in today's world. From her early days to now as a successful leader and business owner, we'll learn about the challenges and lessons she has learned along the way. We'll also ask Danielle to give us tips for aspiring entrepreneurs and leaders. So whether you're an experienced leader looking to sharpen your skills or just starting out your leadership journey, this episode will have something for you. So buckle up and get ready to be inspired, motivated, and empowered to be your best self. Let's dive into the world of leadership together. Welcome, Danielle Jackson, to Sound Leadership. How you doing, Danielle? I'm good today. How are you? Hey, I am okay. Thank you for taking time out of your day to meet with me. Um, I know I did an introduction, but tell us, who is Danielle? I am a hardworking Willing to try anything um, type person, I guess. Um, I'm a daughter, a sister, a mother, a medical worker, a business owner, right? Oh, wow. A little bit of everything. So all, these, all these titles. And, and you mentioned, right, you're a medical worker. So uh, a, a little background. I worked with Danielle back when we were kids. <laughs> what a- <laughs> One of our first uh, jobs in the healthcare field, and look at us now, right? So you, yeah. you, you talk about your early success and your early trials and your early tribulations. What does that mean? Where did you start and, and, and where are you now? Um, I guess you could say started as a, a youth that had to kind of like grow up early, so to speak. I was in that generation where you kind of had to figure things out. Nobody held your hand. So I could say I started off at the age of teen. I was a teenager when I moved out, 14, got rented rooms and worked a job. My first job, I worked at a cleaners and I was a police cadet. I always had two jobs my whole life. (laughs) Um, And I just grew from there, right? Learned what I didn't like and did like in a boss. And I I just grew from there. I always had a goal and the goal was never Mm -hmm. what it looked like for everybody else. I just wanted to be successful. And to me, success was always working hard and having my own. And so that always looked like education. And I knew that I always wanted to be my own boss, whatever that looked like. And I knew I could out hustle anybody. So that looked (laughs) like, you know, just working hard from beginning to still to this day. I, you know, I believe in a good work ethic. I believe that, um, you know, you, sh- you should never want for basic necessities because, you know, at some point you get to an age where you can't blame nobody else. So no matter about my trials and tribulations as a child, wow. once you get 18, I couldn't That's be powerful. in my 30s still saying my parents, right? That's powerful. That That is honestly a, a bold statement because I think people tend to blame their, their, their current failures on their previous failures or their previous past, right? And what you stated is, you didn't let your childhood trauma dictate who you're going to be today. So as, as a leader today, right, an, an executive, an owner, a CEO, what does leadership mean to you? Um, leadership is when you're willing to put 
put in the work first. And I always call myself the guinea pig. I'm always willing to put in the work first. Leadership means you get on the ground with everybody you're working with. You're never sitting up somewhere pointing fingers saying what to do. I've always found that challenging. So leadership is always taking the lead, literally, and meaning that you have to be in the field with the people. You have to be doing the work with them. Okay, no, that's that's good. How did you get into leadership, right? Because once again, we, we started off as kids, right? Neither <laughs> one of us were leaders, right? We were taking care of patients that were twice our age. Had no idea what we were doing. Probably shouldn't have been doing the things that we were doing, but it crafted us to who we are today. So, you know, as, as you look back over time and you, you look at your career over time, is there a pivotal point that, that kind of got you to where you are today? I think, I, honestly, I can, I, I'm going to say this, and I speak for both of us. When we work together, I'm going to be real honest. Although then we didn't know what we were doing, I think yeah. that we were leaders at a young age by nature, right? Yeah. Or, or by circumstance. Like circumstance yeah. made us be a leader because just think about it. I have a funny story I'm going to share, a small little piece. Oh, my God. Me and Demetrius went to an interview <laughs> to get a new job. At our, we was working at a job together. And when we got in that interview and this man offered us, a, I'm not going to say the amount, I'm not going to say the company, but he offered us an amount that was like a smack in the face. And Demetrius said, uh, we're, we're, no, thank you. We have to go. He said we. So for one, that was a leadership thing. And that taught me real quick, like, oh, the standards of this friendship and in life, I got to be real quick, clear to state what I will and won't take. So I think that was a part of being a leader. Yes. Also, we worked in an environment where we were probably like the youngest on the crew. Yes. So we made moves that the older people would look at us like, what are you yeah. doing? How could you say no? You They telling us. what. So I think back then we were leaders. We just didn't know how to do it in a we did it in a way that had no filter. And I think the older I got, I started learning how to put a little filter on it. Still not that major, right? But yeah. a little filter on it and learn how to be able to navigate and, and, and say it a little better or just do things a little better. But I think we were always leaders. But I think the most pivotal moment for me was when I got my degree and became a respiratory therapist and was working in the hospitals. Yes, I got smacked in the face when I realized what I was doing was no longer what I thought I was doing. So my goal in the medical field was always to make a difference. And when I got in that setting, I thought, oh, yeah, I really made it. Now I'm going to be able to make a difference. And you get there and it's the same pushback. It's the same. Wow. So that's when I learned, oh, OK, I have to take this in my own hands and become my own boss and figure out what that may look like on the, on my own level. So that's when I became that different type of leader. Wow. So what I hear you saying is you you worked hard to get to where you thought you wanted to be, right? You worked hard to go to school, get that degree. And, and once you got the degree and got the job, you realized it, it, it wasn't what you wanted. So was it scary pivoting from what you knew to to the what you didn't know, right? Because I'm sure that was a change. You kind of stepped out on faith. And we talk about leadership, right? You made that leadership decision to leave bedside care and step out on faith. So Talk to us about that feeling and, and, and that emotion that went into making that decision. So making that decision, I had been made it maybe in my head five years prior, four, about three, four years prior. I had been working on the plan, writing some stuff down, and I'm a journaler. So I like to write stuff down, and then I'm one of the big people. I go back and check it, see where I'm at in a year or two. So at the time, all of my stuff came out of COVID, meaning I had to quit working at the hospital because of COVID, I was stuck at home for those two years because I was, didn't want to go back. And in, in the midst of that, it became that grind that, you know, that that grind came back like, oh, you got to do something. And so I wasn't scared. I was like more 
that was the most fearless I was in life. I wasn't scared at all. I was just like, I'm going for it. And so wow. I took all my savings and I took what I had here, what I wrote down, prayer, uh, for sure. You know, I'm spiritual. So I took yes. it like, okay, God, you got to, I'm real clear about that part of my life. That's what navigated me into saying, okay, I'm going to try it. And I always look at stuff like if you try it, and you, whatever people say failure is to me, never been failure. If I try it and it don't work, do it again. If somebody tell me no, I always say, see you later. I don't look at it as a, you know, end all be all. So it wasn't scary starting it. it where it got scary was when you start realizing you financing yourself or it's all on you and it can get kind of scary, but I think, yeah. from, you know, dealing with certain things in your childhood, you kind of like, I ain't scared of that. A little lightning glass can get cut off, be rolling. <laughs> Listen, this lady from Detroit. <laughs> She plays no games. She holds no punches, and I love it. And and really, that's what really, you know, gravitated us together, right? Both growing up young in Detroit at the same exact time, you know, going through the same exact thing. So, you you know, you talk about the lights being cut off or, you know, some of the other struggles that you had growing up. And it has shaped you today as a leader, and it helped you make the decisions and, and, and not be fearful. Because a lot of people have a fear of failure. And mm -hmm. what you said is, you don't fear failing. Because failure you is not fear. doing anything at all, right? Failure is sitting at home not doing nothing at all. Failure is accepting a pay that you know don't cover your bills. To me, that's failure. If wow. you 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 offer me fifteen twenty dollars an hour, and I know for a fact that I'm living check to check, that's failure. But to get up and go bet on yourself, then you can't fail. Even if even if it doesn't wow. work out, you got to pivot or navigate. I don't look at yeah. it as failure. I look at it as a a true lesson. Figure we got to figure it out. It can't be failure. Well, I, I, you're, you're so powerful. Your words are so powerful. As a leader, and, and I hear you don't you don't you don't consider it failure. But is there a time that you know you made a leadership decision that you thought was the best move, whether it's for your employees, whether it's for one of your businesses, and it didn't pan out, you know, the way that you thought it was going to be? Have I ever made a decision? Maybe okay, I can say I can, I can say that business? there is a there is a business that I own that I didn't do anything traditional like I know to do in business financially, meaning that I have a couple of businesses that I stick to a strict financial rule. And I know that that's we going in. Okay. If the budget, if it's not there, you can't make it there. Well, there is a company that I have that I am very passionate about. I don't care what nobody say and I'll take a chance on it. And so I, if the money isn't there, I go get it out of my personal and I put it over and I don't care. Like I don't, I'm not wow. thinking about it. And it's not, and, and to some people it might be like, that's, that's wasteful, right? But to me, I have such a passion behind it that I'm like, I'm running with this all the way. Like, wow. it has to pan out. So, yes, that is a decision that I made that I think in business is something that, that's not smart um, for the average person to do. Like, if they only had one business, I wouldn't do it. But the fact that I just got a passion about it and I know that, um, you know, I'm not going to take away and not eat on a daily, a regular eat, but I, I will call that, you know, that's where you make certain sacrifices. But I am just not that type of person that kind of look at anything like a bad decision because I tell you this, nobody can ever give you the whole template to your business. Yes. So once you get in it and you do make some decisions that don't make sense, I don't think that there's something to harp on to say, that they're bad. They're just lessons that you get to learn from and you utilize that to either teach the next person. But even if you teach it to the next person, they, they don't mean they're going to take that piece of it and use it. 
that might not be their story. They might make that same decision and it'd be better. So I, I've always been like that in life though. Everything I'm, I'm total opposite from, I'm, I'm all the way against the grain. So I can honestly <laughs> say that I'm not perfect. And there are some things that's like, Oh, well, but like I said, yeah. those are to me are like, no's when people say, no, I just say, see you later. I don't, I'm going to see you later. That's what I'm going to bank on. And that, you know, once again, another powerful statement from you. I'm going to see you later. I'm not going to take no as the final answer. I I can't take no as a final answer. And and what you said earlier in the podcast, right, is failure is not doing anything. If you you are accepting something that doesn't work for you, that's failure. You can never fail if you go out and try to make it for yourself. That's right. You can always learn and grow from it. And, and as you've learned and grown over the years, you've launched several businesses, right? How, as a leader, do you make a decision to to start a new business or maybe expand the business? How do you come up with that decision? So I made a, a rule when I first opened up my first business. I said, if this works every six months to a year, I'm going to open up a new LLC. And here's why. Because I learned that in the world, when you step on the side of the world of business, what you realize is that what banks want to know is how long you've been in business, right? They want to know how many years have that LLC started. And my first company was a real estate investment company. I called uh, 20 women that I knew and told them, hey, whatever extra money you got a month deposited in this account, I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to do some stuff with it and I'm going to get you your money back and I'm going to pay you this amount on the dollar. Uh, 10 women showed up with their money, seven women money. I took the other three. I said, no, thank you, because I didn't you know, feel comfortable. I took the money. I bought a house. I did what I was supposed to do. I gave them their money back. And it worked, right? So I said, okay, as long as I know how to talk to people and I know how to make this thing work, I know my mind. I am a person like this. So I know that whatever I think, start the LLC and then I develop it as I go along. And I always had an idea that every LLC I opened up was going to connect to each other. So I give a tip. My next LLC was a be a notary of this, a notary public. Once I did that, I found what business need notary publics every day. Then I opened up prime mail support. And so now both of my jobs, I'm always got a job. Right. And then you go from there and you just go from there. So all of them connect. But I always tell people, even if you don't feel like you, you never know everything in business, but the piece you're good at, do it. And everybody, I know people say that everybody ain't meant to be a business owner. Everybody should own an LLC, whether you run it or you pay somebody else to run it. Because the reality is, if you get hurt, if you uh, choose to wake up one day and get another job, you got somewhere where you can go work, you can be the employee there. You might not know how to do it. Get you a, ma- a manager, somebody who know how to do QuickBooks, and get you whoever the person is that's going to do all your other stuff. You can be an employee and get paid hourly and have an LLC. Wow. <clears throat> so much knowledge is just radiating from you. I'm, I'm just in awe to know that I've known this person for... <laughs> A long time. 20, <laughs> almost, almost 20 years, like three years. Age, I want to say my age no more. <laughs> 17 <laughs> years. They call me Ugna. So, so. Hey, auntie, that's what they say. I said, oh, who you talking to? <laughs> so, so, as you've grown your business, have you hired on employees? Have you started to lead employees? Or is it still you kind of over, you know, doing a day-to-day? How, how has your business grown and how have you managed that? Yes, um, I have employees. Um, I have people that work for me in every business, every aspect of the business. Somebody works for me, um, but I'm also hands on. I have to have something to do. I'm not really ready to retire, meaning that I'm not ready to 
fall back and not do nothing at all. I don't th ever think I'll be ready to do that. But also in business, um, I am the financial um, manager at all at all my companies. So it requires for me to be there every day. You know what I mean? Okay. Or not every day. Like I can leave, but it requires for me to be active. So, um, yep, I'm still active, but um, we hire um, and we keep it to where it's like uh, I don't hire uh, full time. I told you that before when we had a conversation. I keep certain tips in business and in this new generation that just makes sense. Um, for me, learning the, the side of business is that there's always two mentalities and you have to cater to those. And this comes from me being an employee and being a business owner. When I worked at a job, I had the business owner mentality. So when I would get, you know, what I'm supposed to do for the day, I followed it and would do extra because I'm like, yeah, this is what I would do if this was my company. Well, I've learned in this new climate, um, you know, people work for people and they look at the clock, right? I get off at five. They could care less how many contracts they close because they're not on the commission. They're going to get their same pay at five, whether they close one or two. And so I just look at it from the standpoint of listening to coworkers and hearing the complaints over the years that I have learned that to keep my business fun, creative, and keep my turnover rate lowered, um, I just hire different, meaning that most of my employees are um, 1099 employees. I never give overtime. Um, all my employees work part-time because they have the opportunity to open their own bit. And I teach that, you know, encourage that what they're wow. good at, try to hone in on that. Open your own too. You can work here. I teach you all the ropes. You can learn whatever you can see here and go do it for yourself. But I want it to be like the concept of what, you know, Yeah. I don't want nobody to work here for forever. I don't want this to be your, you know, stop. I don't want people to feel, you know, you, you ever yeah. work for somebody and you feel like, oh, I can't see my family or I got to beg for a vacation. <laughs> I, or or you look up and be like, I worked for you for all these years and I got hurt. And you don't care about me. No, you got four days off a week. You you yeah. work three days. You can figure out what you want to do. You can go work at another one of my companies for the other three days if you want to, but not this one. <laughs> okay, not not over here. <laughs> wow, it is so it's interesting, right? Uh, talk to us a little bit more about your your process, right? Because, like you said, you empower your staff, and you and I both have worked for organizations. Not saying what organizations, but we've worked for organizations where. Leaders are not empowering their staff to be their best. You're empowering your staff to either open another business, spend time with family. How, how do you manage as a leader, right? Because you want to you want to you, you grow your employees, um, but you know you have a different perspective on how you grow your employees. Like you say, you don't offer overtime. So how do you manage that? And and, and I guess talk to me about it because you know for some people that's not what they're used to. They're not used to a leader saying. Go do your own thing. Go spend time with your family. You know, like you said, you work three days here. You do what you want. But I'm going to give you the skills and the tools you need to become successful. So you're not here 50 years from now. Right. That's this right. is your pass through time. And I want to see you grow and succeed and be an entrepreneur yourself. So That's right. talk to us about that, that selection, that process and those type of conversations you have with your, your uh, staff. So it's not hard. It's real simple. It just works like this for me. So let's just say, for example, I use me and you, for example. I have a company, right? I'm very good at what I do with numbers and finances. I'm good at that. That's my lane. I have somebody that I work with that's very good at operations. We both work full time, right? However, I need somebody for social media. I'm hiring somebody that owns a social media business, right? They're my, they could become my employee, but a contractor, but they own their own business. And that's what I'm saying. They, they passion is different. 
they are willing to do this social media thing. I become their client now versus they're my employee. But technically, they do work for me. But that even exchange of a relationship, you have just a better quality. And like I said, I never like to take somebody's integrity or dignity away. And I don't like the concept, I'm the boss, right? I like that kind of even exchange. And I have just learned that when you hire people like that, it's a better exchange. I have a child that works for me, my own child, old enough to work, right? He works for me in a couple of my businesses and as an investor in one of my businesses. And he told me one day, okay, if you have this product and I, as an employee, I can get an employee discount. I said, yeah, you're an employee and you had gave me a percentage in it. So you really can get it for the base rate that I paid for it for. He said, well, when I get paid, I want to buy this and then I'm going to sell it and I want to have my own company and he can do that. He go to school. Right. So he want to sell these products to his students and he like, can I do it? He's not doing nothing wrong. He's getting it. At this base rate, he can take it and do it. It don't got my name on it. He's not taking my brand. He's not doing it. It's, it's not one of those type of businesses. So it's like, wow. I'm not doing anything to set somebody up. Nobody can ever be my competition is how I look at it. You can't wow. compete with me just like I can't compete with you. And it's simply be, because my thought process worked different. It's only one Danielle in the world. It's no another one. God, I don't come here with no twin at <laughs> all. <laughs> right? So there's, there's no another one. So I always look at that like, if you need help with something and I'm teaching you something, I'm not in my back of my mind. Well, if I show you all of this, you're going to do it because you can't compete with me just like I can't compete with you. So I look at keeping the employees like that because then they always feel like we are doing something. But if you have somebody working for you and they put in all that work for you and they don't have a, a owner's mentality, they feel like a useless worker. And then they, at some point they're like, I made you or. You know, you wouldn't have that if it wasn't for me. And it's like, no, we're going to work this thing out together. And we're going to use each other for what we're good at. And then you can stay here if you choose to. But then you can always know that you had the opportunity to leave or still work here and do your own thing on the side. There's nothing wrong with that. Jenny, your, your thought process is, is like no other, right? Like, it's different. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just different. And it, it's refreshing to hear. You know, like you say, you're empowering your staff. And, you know, I caught something. You said you got your son working for you. Wow. So you, you, you're teaching him young about entrepreneurship. You're teaching him young about leadership. That that has to be an amazing experience. And, and I'm sure at this age, he doesn't understand the value of what you're instilling into him. But when he gets our age, right, when he gets older, he will look back and say, wow, you know, that, that was great. Because I remember, right, I worked for my dad as a young child. My dad owns real estate. I got to see him, you know, flip houses, flip apartments, do all this great work. And, and some of those leadership practices and some of those business practices are in me to this day. That's why when we went to that interview and they offered you us said that I'm not. Of money, no, I, can't, I can't work for that little bit of money. That's just, I spent more money and gas coming to this interview. <laughs> That was your exact words. That's so funny. Oh my goodness, I remember it. When you said so, that, I fell out. Oh my goodness. Yes. But it it got us to where we are today, right? And you know, as we mentioned, we work together, but we used to really sit down and, and map out our journey of how many classes we were gonna take, when we were gonna take it, you know, with teacher, with program, with school, and we <laughs> followed our dreams. We we set, as I call it, smart goals, right? We That's set right. realistic goals and we achieved them. And so right. with that being said, any advice to maybe up and coming entrepreneurs or people, entrepreneurs who want to get into business or they want to expand their business, they don't know where to go, where to start. 
from from a person who's done it multiple times, what advice could you give to that person? Number one, I would say if you didn't say something that was just the the best piece that I could have ever did in life, and that was us sitting down and writing out those goals together, it became literally an accountability partner without using the words of an accountability partner. Because it was motivation to say, I can do it, you can do it. And then we yeah. watch each other do it. And every time it was like, oh, you did that? It was, that's good. Okay, I can do it too. Then you you did that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we can do it. Yes. And when you do that, I think it builds things like you have now, a friendship for forever. I don't yes. have to talk to you every day, all day long, but I know that I'm going to see you in some rooms. I know that when you're in rooms, I get to go in those rooms too unconsciously, yes. right? Yes. When I'm in the room, I'm thinking about you unconsciously. Like, who can I plug? You know what I mean? Like, And so it for one, it built accountability partner. And help you set realistic goals that you could target and you can do them at a timely fashion. People, for whatever reason, um, think that you have to be an age. You have to be a this amount of money. You have to do it this way. You have to go in this order. You have to just start doing it and plucking it off a list. And as much as you can get a mentor, if that makes sense for you, as much as you can um, also uh, just don't be scared to go for one other tidbit that I would say that I wish I would have uh, well, I actually did live my life like this, but if, if it's encouraging, I would say uh, trades, right? That's kind of like how we started, if, if it makes sense, like started off as a CNA and then worked up to this. Like, So it gives you the opportunity to get in rooms to see if this is truly what you want to do versus wasting your time. I see a lot of people that I know I went to school with in high school. They went straight to college, did what the major was that we did in school. And then by the time now here we are in our 30s, they are on to career number three because they never had a passion in it. I can be real clear. I know I love the medical field. Still to this yeah. day, I carry my license. I, you know what I'm saying? I just figure out new ways to go back. But so knowing what you want to do at 19 is not always there. It's not always realistic. We just knew what we wanted to do because we practiced it at 18, right? And we had a chance to get into it. But if you don't know what you want to go to school for, I say get a trade because at the end of the day, trades is always going to be needed and you can always fall back on it. Then develop and try to come up with a small way to get into your field and do it. And then to become an entrepreneur is so cheap. You get you an LLC, it costs you 50 bucks. And get an EIN number and you just start from there. And you could be an entrepreneur selling a bag of chips and a pop together, okay? That that can be your first little hustle to figure out what that looked like. How do you keep up with what you need to make? You know what I mean? Like you can you can start from there. That was my that was my first hustle in school. I sold a bag of kids. My I used to go to GFS and get the big bags of candy, fill them up in a little sandwich bag and sell them for a dollar. Okay. Like listen. One of my first uh, hustles that I remember as a kid is I would go to the dollar store and buy the little laser pointers, and they were five dollars. And then I'd go to school and sell them for fifteen dollars. And then tell them, oh, I'm not done. <laughs> and then tell people I didn't make any money on the product. <laughs> so oh. when they paid me the twenty, I said, "Hey man, let me just get the five. Oh, let me just get the five. <laughs> you was so really, in a good flow hustling, okay? I, I really. Profited $15. I really profited $15 off of this $5 laser pointer, right? And oh man, it, that hustle went on all, all throughout. So I, I understand, right? And and you know, why we call it a hustle is it's a Detroit thing or or it's, it's a it's a mindset thing, but it's really entrepreneurial, right? That's right. That's okay. really what it was. It was the start of us owning our own and thinking about how we can go out and make money with our own hands. You know, we took something and then repackaged it, rebranded it and said, OK, right. huh, now buy it. And and it works. People right. do it because it's called convenience. That's right. That's what business is. 
It's That's about right. making a service convenient. Awesome. And, and I'm proud of you. I am uh, proud to say I know you. I am proud to say I've worked with you. You know, we've had fun over the years. I've watched you grow. I've watched you succeed. We both got kids now, which is yeah. Yeah. Crazy to, yeah. Crazy to even think about. That's right. <laughs> really <laughs> crazy. We started to think off about. as kids, but as we get ready to draw this to an end, is there any last words you want to give to the viewers, the other brothers on leadership, entrepreneurship? Any last words from Danielle Jackson? I just want to say always be humble, right? As much as you say, you know, I know I didn't do this alone. I know I had to do it with, like you said, faith earlier for sure. And just always remember to be humble. Don't don't do things to uh, ruffle, to, you know, how people, some people say people hold me, talk about me. Don't do it for those reasons. Do it because it's a passion. Learn how to be humble and be willing to learn. Um, go in any room you can and be quiet. That's the one thing that I have learned over the years. I, I'm, I talk a lot, um, but I have learned how to just be quiet a little bit more. You don't have to always say what you know. You can go in a room and learn some things and then just ask a lot of questions. Um, versus you talking so much. Asking questions can get you in rooms more than what you say because the reality is nobody cares about what you know, right? Um, especially if it makes them feel uncomfortable. I've had so many experiences in life at my young age. It looks like I'm lying, right? I can range from an experience of, of using all, knowing how to use herbs to the experience of I got real severe back pain and a messed up knee and people like, no, nah. you know, so learning how to be quiet and just, uh, you know, getting as, absorbing as much as you can. Yeah. And remembering that even if you're don't feel like you smart enough or you don't got the time to be a business owner, you do not have the time for somebody else to pay you for your time and, and tell you what it's worth. Because I tell you what, um, if I had a job right now today and I still worked my 12 hour shifts at the hospital. I will still own a company. I will work 12 hours at the hospital and I will rent a truck and I will put two people in it with a license and I will call them movers and I would hire them to go move something for $150 an hour and I would give them both $50 and I would take 50. Now I was at work working 12 hours and I just made $50, right? So I'm saying that to say that even if you want to keep your job because you're too scared, you can still own the LLC and you can still put people in position to do things and then build up your money enough to be able to see it, to say, oh, I can do this. Um, and so I would encourage people to keep your job and do that first and try to find little things that you can do and always just um, reach out to people to try to get some mentors. Danielle, we're going to do a webinar. <laughs> Down with it. Because... You have so much knowledge. You've brought a different perspective to sound leadership with DJ. And I, I, I know the guests and, and the viewers will appreciate it. I think that what you just said was amazing. Go get a truck, hire two people, charge 150. You pay them 100, you keep 50, you've made money, you still got your job, and, you, and you're moving. People don't think like that. And if I didn't hear nothing else from you, it was, don't be afraid. What else, what else you got to do? lose? That's Go right. out, make a difference, and work for yourself. No matter how you do it, work for yourself. And, and, and I love the fact that what you stated, but you didn't state was, you created residual income because they were doing the work. I never did anything. You ain't do nothing but connect the people from right to left. Man. 
And all you got to do is the one last thing is somebody said this to me and I'll never forget. You don't got to always try to reinvent the wheel. So out here is too many options for you to. I'm on U-Haul website and FedEx website. I don't have to have no grand major website. My website can be just a free little Google website for now. Right. Because you're on a worldwide national website. But if you learn how to go ahead with something that's already out there, already got marketing. You can resell products, whatever the case may be. You don't always have to reinvent the wheel. Everything don't have to be this major idea to survive. Well, Danielle, I, I thank you for coming on Sound Leadership. Um, and and, and I, I thank the viewers for joining us here on Sound Leadership with DJ. We hope that you gain valuable insights and inspiration from our conversation with Danielle, an, an astounding leader, an entrepreneur all things right her businesses connect right it's 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 amazing if you've enjoyed this episode please like to subscribe to our social media pages you can follow us on youtube and linkedin at sound leadership with dj and you can follow me at your healthcare consultant on instagram and tiktok remember leadership is a journey not a destination so keep striving to learn and grow and never give up on your goals danielle has shown us that right never give up on your goals we wish you all the best on your leadership journey and hope that you will join us here soon on Sound Leadership with DJ.